Welcome to The Well Drop, Own Your Wellness. I'm your host, Amber Berger. And I'm Dina Wismer. We are mothers, friends, wellness experts, and self-described warriors who have each experienced our own unique personal wellness journeys. We are your wellness friends here to give you drops of wisdom we've discovered over the years that actually work. Wellness, what is it really? The struggle is real and we're here to help sift through the noise. On this episode today, we are excited to have Stephanie Zubag, who is the international bestseller of her book, Fully Charged. Plug in your five charging stations to feel alive, guilt-free, and unstoppable, finally. Stephanie is my dear, wonderful, lovely, beautiful friend, um, who has also been coaching individuals around the world in both English and French for over 20 years about how to get out of survival mode and how to live their lives to the fullest. And she has helped many people to really come to a mental health place that I think also benefits their uh, physical health as well. And I'm so fascinated to talk with you today about your book, Fully Charged, and what it is to be in survival mode and how the book can really help give people a roadmap to getting out of being in survival mode. And how does that impact our health generally as well? And what we really speak about on this podcast is about we want to empower women to take charge of their health. And a big topic in the book talks about transformation. And so how is transformation better than change? So it's not just about changing your habit. You want to transform your habit. Can you elaborate on the power of transformation? Of course. First of all, thank you for having me. So transformation is more about changing from the inside of yourself. Change is something that is coming at you, but it's not constant. So if you rely on on what is coming at you, uh, you will adjust for one day, for one week, for one month, but not necessarily change and transform. Transformation is a stronger power. It uh, touches your value system and what you truly believe in. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book and the specific timing in which you wrote the book? I think is really interesting. Yes, so I've been coaching for 20 years, as Dina mentioned, and uh, five years ago, I started coaching soldiers leaving the army. This is exactly the work of the book. And at the same time, when I started writing the book, COVID hit. So I thought that everybody would be on survival mode. So I thought that at the end of COVID, most people would want to have something to read. So I started writing it, and then I published it on Amazon so that it's available for everyone. Can you define that for us? What is survival mode? What does that mean? So survival mode is when you focus on what is outside of the system, on all the events that are coming at you and all the people's comments, instead of focusing on what's inside of you. Managing one crisis after another and basically managing interruptions in your life without a very clear direction. So usually you feel empty, you feel tired, and you don't understand why. And that impacts our physical health as well, I would imagine. So what is a way that a person, if they feel, I think all of us were in COVID, we all were in survival mode, and some of us lived it longer than others based upon where we actually resided How can somebody go from survival mode into thriving mode? What is something like a first step somebody should do in order to tap back into them versus just dealing with what the outside world is giving them? Exactly. So the first step is to create a vision because with a vision, you have to go back in yourself and have a very, you know, have your eyesight focus on something else than just what is coming at you. So you're just, you're not managing anymore what is coming at you, but you're really 
proactive. So that's the first thing. And then that's for the soul. And then for the body, what I recommend is to connect to your five senses. So go to a spice store, you know, go to a, a perfume store and smell as many things as possible and just decide if you like it or not. You know, just to reconnect to yourself. That's, that's to, be present, to, be to, nice, be to be present, to be present, to be, you know, eat something that you like, listen to a music that you like. But very often we want to please people or we want to, you know, make concessions. And in the end, we lose a little bit of ourselves. Yeah. So it's nice to reconnect to who we are. So you mentioned in the book about creating a vision board so that somebody can sort of start to tap back into themselves. So instead of just dealing with whatever life is thrown at them, they actually take a moment and think about what are my goals and what do I want? So creating the power of a vision board. I mean, Oprah's been saying that forever in order to make it an actualization. So what would be the next step after you actually sit with yourself and decide what do I want and you make your goals? How do you then take the next step? What would that be? So the next step is to check into your inner language. So that's charging station three, because that's what's going to get in your way of achieving all of this. Every goal of every human being is to realize its potential in the reality. So once you have your vision board, you know where you're going, you're going to get into your own way because of what you learn in the past because of how you read a situation. So this do not confuse, and I think there are 20 do not confuse in charging station three, is really to understand and to have to gain clarity in order to move forward. Usually when you're stuck, it's because you're confused. That makes sense. I think so many people aspire to make a change, to better themselves, to do more, whatever it is, but they always end up getting in their own way. Exactly. And is that because we create the vision, but then we're just not able to get out of ourselves to then get past moving forward. And so once we then create that direction, how do you avoid, you know, kind of like the self-talk that kind of like makes you go backwards? So clarity, clarity, you don't, you know, the only thing that gets in your way is when you start doubting. So you just get clarity and you just, if you have a very clear vision of where you're going, and that's another thing we speak about it in the book. It's a difference between I would like to and I want. Right. It has to be I want, because then you can overcome all the challenges. If it's just like, I would like to, at the first problem, you're going to be like, you know what? I didn't ask for that. So let me just get out of here. I like that. It actually made me think of how I write emails, because even you say, uh, I hope, versus instead yeah. of saying, I hope, you say, I want, yes. right? So just, you know, it's that self-talk where we're trying to be polite, I think, because I like to try to be polite when I'm It's like, how you speaking. start the day. Personally, exactly. it's my own internal monologue yes. uh, right. when I wake up in the morning and what is my language with myself and my conversation with myself in the morning. And in your book, constantly you're talking about the importance of the words that yes. we're using. And yes. I, I felt, you know, we read more and more about how those little things make a huge difference on a molecular level with our bodies almost yes. and the energy around us. Um, exactly. Can you talk about that a little bit, about the importance of the words that we're choosing? So when you say something, it will actually happen. It becomes your reality. Before saying anything, it's, it doesn't exist. But when you say it, it does exist. So that's very important to check first your understanding of your language before moving forward. Some people set their intention at the beginning of the day. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody like me who struggles with knowing what the goals should be, we talked, Amber talked about yes. a vision board. Is that the primary tool that you would suggest into figuring out your goals and what at the beginning, you know, at the beginning of this process of the five charging stations, figuring out your goal um, if you don't know it offhand? 
Is that a good place to start? That's a good place to start. And then there is an exercise in the book, I forgot which page, where you can check if you're on track to achieve your goals. If you spend enough time, if it belongs to a very strong value, because it has to be, it's a whole. So you have a goal, but you always have also a value. Very important. It has to be linked with a value. Otherwise, it's not really a goal. It's just, I would like. Yeah. I want is really, it's a strong value. It's important for me. So then when you allocate enough time and you link it to a value, then your goal is achievable. Right. I love that. I mean, I usually start the year, especially I love teaching the kids about setting goals. And I think just the act of actually thinking about creating goals yes. is, you know, it takes a little bit of effort, but it probably is more powerful than we even realize because the power of words, like you're saying, you're creating the goal, then you need to prioritize how am I going to then achieve that goal, right? But if we don't even have a goal in the first place, then nothing's really probably going to happen. So to go back to your point about time and space, you need to create this time and space to create this goal, Yeah. to think about the goals. Right. And very often we're busy, 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 and life is like, going and then we didn't think about the goals so we need to create that we need to be very conscious about it I've seen this happen in my own family where you set a goal and you're making steps towards it and you're going through the charging stations and then something happens in life that throws you off okay which of course there's so many variables and so many things that can happen and I've seen members of my family who will remain nameless but (laughs) (laughs) kind of say okay well that's it like all right I'm done I tried you know, what, okay. what is the correct response? You nailed it. Okay, you nailed it. When you have a situation that is complicated for you and that is in creating an interruption in your life, you want the situation to change. But in fact, the situation is here to change you. So if you accept the challenge and if you accept that the situation will change you, it will change you, but not your direction. You will still be on track. You know, the worst feeling is when people say, "What is? It, how does it feel to be on survival mode? Is when you're sitting on the sidewalk of your life instead of moving forward on the road, on your path. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. So very often this situation will put you on the sidewalk. You're going to be stuck, but you have to go back. And you're not going to make a detour. It's, no, you have your direction. So if you accept that the... the this is like a platform. It's going to change you, transform you, and then you go back. You have to accept that to have the good, there needs to be a bit of a challenge. I mean, yes. it, it, there, there, there is a reason that yin and yang is a, a symbol in life and that it can't all be a straight path forward. So that's the difference between giving back and giving forward. So when you give back, it's something really nice happening to you, and then you're, you're full of gratitude, so you want to give back. Giving forward is something really not fun happening to you, but you learn the lesson, you become, you become stronger, and you're able to give forward to people who actually can benefit from it. Yeah. You mentioned in the book that every human has three primary needs. Can yes. you tell us what those are and what happens when you achieve all three? Uh, so that's a big part of the book, so I don't want to give away all of this. <laughs> don't give it all away. But yeah, no, but, uh, but yeah, we need, to, we need to belong to a community. That's one of the basics, because we need to connect. We're not made to be I think we learned that in COVID too, especially, right? absolutely. That's why after COVID, everybody was craving to connect again. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't need, I mean, of course, you need to be around people for the energy, but you're also just thinking about someone 
calling the person. If you think about cell phone, we keep on texting people. The texting is a transactional mode. It's not <laughs> connecting with people. It's not the same. Right? Yeah. When I call you, so now it's, there is this new thing where I text you to know if I can call you. <laughs> this, this is crazy, right? And we are not even aware of it. But yeah, like, are you I'm just chat? calling you because I think of you. And yeah. if you're busy, it's okay, you know? But at least you know that I think of you, you yeah. know? Yeah, and just yeah. this connection is already bringing a lot of good things in your body, in your mind, in your, you know, you feel connected. Right. It's almost like we need to revert back to the old days. Like we had so much amazing things at our fingertips and, you know, technology, but we kind of forgot about the basics of just simple connection of just talking and hearing the person's voice, hearing their tone. Yeah. You can read them through the phone. Like, are you having a good day? Are you having yes. a bad day? Is something yes. wrong? What's going on? You're excited. You know, we kind of, you don't get that through text. No. Stephanie and I have taken up, we try weekly to take a walk together with our dogs. Yeah, I love that. And I have to say it's a highlight of my week because yeah. it's one of the few times that I am doing a, a physical, light physical activity outdoors yeah. and having pleasant conversation with a exactly. friend. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it fills so many different buckets in a very exactly. positive way. And and checking off walking the dog. Yeah, I love right. it. It's not, only, it's not only a duty, you know, like, okay, I have to walk the dog from that. that. It's like a moment. Yeah. So you want to create moments with people. Yes. You know, it comes up so much in everybody that we've talked to the moments, the rituals, uh, mm -hmm. that keeps coming back. And every expert that we've interviewed, I think has, I think everybody has Absolutely. talked about ritual and the importance of being mindful in those rituals. And that's a lot about what you talk about as when well. When you experience a moment with your friends, with anybody, like, like you can feel it, the other person can feel it. Actually, you got this space and time. It was under yeah. your control. You know, you used it for something good. Right. It didn't... Yeah, I love how you talk about spending your time versus investing your yes. time and that the future is a result of organizing your time in the present. Yes. And I think that that is such an important point as adults for us to learn as mothers, right? You know, we get really busy and we sort of become the last on the list to focus on when we're working to make it number one first so we could be strong for our family. You know, that filters on not just, you know, the family, your friends, business, whatever it may be. Yeah. How, what is the difference versus spending your time and investing your time? So spending your time is really passive. You know, investing your time is very conscious. You're working towards your vision and you have control over your time. Think about it. The difference between, because I talk about freedom in charging station four, the difference between a slave and, and a person that is free is that you have control over your time and how you spend your money, actually. Two things. So how you spend your time and how you spend your money, it, it does define you. If yes, you want to know someone, actually, you just look at them and how they spend their time and how they spend their money, you have a whole picture. And then and then how they drive. But that's another, <laughs> you know, you get into the comment. That's an added one. But no, no, but honestly, yeah. so when you have control over your time, we were talking about boundaries before, it's very important, it's very healthy. And if I do that, and I'm teaching that to my kids, they also have clear boundaries, and it's very healthy for them. Absolutely. I think it's important for the kids, you know, to lead by example and to show them, however, you're managing your life 
is then a vision for them of how they'll lead theirs when they get older. And, you know, even how you guys take the walks with your dogs, you know, that is a priority of, you know, being together and connecting and it's so nourishing for your souls and for your day and for the dog that gets to go to have a nice leisurely (laughs) walk too. I think especially because we all lived in New York City, you know, this essence of busyness really, especially pre-COVID, was just out of control. Like everyone I would speak to, I'm just so busy, I'm just so busy, I'm just, we're all just so busy being busy. I think we really need to take a moment to pause. And COVID was kind of a good way to make the whole world just stop. Yeah. And it was almost like it just needed to stop. For yeah. better or for worse, it stopped a little too long. I'm sure most would agree. But it probably gave people a moment and you know, for people to kind of think back to that time of what were the priorities <clears throat> then. It's funny because when COVID started, I was walking with a friend in Central Park and I said, a lot of people are going to be spending time with themselves. Some people will like it. Some people right. won't. Because when you're busy and you you don't have a purpose, you don't have a sense of like, why am I here? It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. To be stuck like this. Okay, so now what do I do? I'm not busy anymore. So you have to be very, very conscious about being busy, but in a good way, in a building mode, not because you're managing interruptions all the time in your life. Yeah. And finding something, it doesn't even have to be, I think, a person working of like, what nourishes your soul? You know, yeah. for I moved to Miami in COVID, a close friend of mine, we said, what has been missing? We've been living there now three years. And the first year was a weird year. And so basically almost like the last two years has been a little bit more normal. This was our first real normal school year, 22 to 23. And we said it was about being connected to charity and giving back to the local community. And luckily we had some, so many people are now kind of newbies in Miami that we've all, are transplants that, you know, lived in other cities and we came during COVID and we connected with an organization and we really got a tour to learn about what's happening in town. And we took a day. I mean, it was a commitment and we stopped and we took a day and we went and learned and we were so excited to see how we can then bring our kids to connect to these local organizations so that we can we really craved giving back. And yes. like that is technically free. Right? And it's like, it's physically just, good for you. Right. Like mentally, yeah. emotionally, and yeah. physically good for you yeah. to do that. Um, no matter what your circumstance in life, yeah, to can. do something good for somebody exactly. else will exactly. benefit you. Exactly. Right? And any, even if it's a small act of kindness, it doesn't have to... Right. It doesn't have to be some grand gesture. Even yes. just in my neighborhood is so charming and cute. There's a lot of elderly people, you know, in their 90s or even 100 and I see the neighbors like walk across the street and they like bring them little gifts or a meal yeah. and this and that. Just that. I mean, it's such a, I think we forgot the act. Like we're talking about the simplicity, you know, just like simple acts of kindness and simple ways of being present with yourself. And really, we got to like step back into us and our bodies. We've been busy outsourcing. and right? Exactly. And what I thought is that COVID reminded us that we all have a soul. Because in order to give to other people and to feel this connection, which is we're all one soul, actually. So that's why when you give to others, when, you, when you're kind to other people, we're all connected. Yeah. But some people were disconnected from their souls because they were so busy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to go inside and take the time to reconnect your body and your soul before doing anything. Now, I think a good point you bring, so when you do do that, that brings a sense of happiness. Yes. Now, is there a difference between happiness and joy? So, so in the book, yeah, we talk I'm about... I'm smiling because I know, I know yeah, this is talk about pleasure. Okay, so <laughs> very often when you feel empty, 
because you're disconnected from your soul, uh, you would want to add many pleasures to feel happy. But the truth is that it doesn't work this way. Because you can add many pleasures, it will still stay in the, the world of the pleasure, which is outside of your body, which is only for your body. If you really want to experience happiness, it comes from the inside, it comes from your soul. And it's from me to the world. So it's when I connect with people. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was so sad, this COVID, because you couldn't connect with people. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of people fell into the world of pleasures thinking yes. that they would be happy. Yes. And now they need to go back to, I need to, to create this joy. I need to connect with people. Right. I think the first, if somebody were to analyze it, you know, post-COVID, it was sort of like the jailbreak and everyone's out and about and socializing and getting together. And that was so exciting and nourishing. But then, at least in Miami, it became this whole materialistic drive. Think about it. People were buying cars. They were buying watches. It was the shopping yes. was out of control. That I mean, true. lines outside the true. store, right? So I wonder if now we're sort of almost two years past that point that people, they were trying to fill themselves from the outside. And yes. all of a sudden now, enough time has gone by where they realize, hey, yes. that's actually not making me happy. Exactly. I might need to actually do the work to like, you know, deep dive back inside. Yes, to like and I see. hope they will do it. Yeah. I think because there's like a hopefully a calling for people that we're trying to well that's part empower. of why we're doing this interview <laughs> yeah to empower people to maybe stop I think we're you know moms Dina has three kids I have two kids how many kids do you have three, three kids you know being a mother is a full-time yeah. job like yes. you never really get a day off and I think sometimes you know once your kids hit a certain age you kind of realize you maybe lost yourself within your family and we're trying to help women like pull themselves back out to say, hey, you are a person, you yeah. have needs and you are a priority. And you got to like find what bring your family can bring you joy, but you also need to find individual personalized yes. joy. I would add to that. And something that I've it took me years to learn is you are benefiting your family by being your best self. And yes. you helped me to learn that, too. Yes. I mean, I, you know. I always felt like, okay, I'm going to take care of everybody. I'll put myself last and, you know, yeah. all of that. My mother always told me the story of my great-grandmother in, you know, the, now the Czech Republic, then the Czech, Czechoslovakia, how she would get feed every, they didn't have like 12 children and they had no money and she would feed one chicken for all the children and she'd save like a little piece for herself, putting herself last because yeah. Yeah. she loved her children and that came from yeah. love and that's beautiful. But you are actually doing your family it is the benefit of your family to make sure that you are strong also. Exactly. Um, and that's not a yeah. bad thing. I think it's yeah. breaking yeah. the conditioning of that too. Exactly. Yes. And they need to know that we can both exist on the same world. Yes. I, you don't need to sacrifice yourself for me. Right. Yes. You know, we can. No, it's, it's yes. important. I agree. No, because when they are very young, okay, you have to be on their needs. Uh, they cannot do anything without right. you. But then when they start to be more independent, you have to be able to move back and say, okay, so that you can do it by yourself. You know, that right. you can, it's, it's always an adjustment. That's why mm -hmm. it's so complicated. But at the same time, it's a beautiful job to be a mom. Absolutely. So, and it's something else that I think we've talked about a little bit that I think is part of this general conversation is also the impact of generational trauma and what we bring with us from our family histories yes. and, and the baggage that we bring, good and bad. Can you talk a little bit about how that plays into the five charging stations mentioned in the book? So, for example, I'm going to talk about my case. <laughs> so my parents are from Tunisia. Their own parents, one is from Italy, one is from Libya. 
And then I was born in France. When I interviewed my dad to understand exactly what happened with, in Tunisia when they left, they were basically uh, refugees because they left, they left everything. They couldn't take anything. So this refugee syndrome is still in my mind. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not aware of it, I will bring it to my kids and I will be on survival mode all the time instead of building my life. I would always be waiting for somebody to tell me it's time to go. So just things like this. Yeah. That's why you have to understand the history of your ancestors. It's very important because it's in your mind. Mm -hmm. So it's better to talk about it, to get rid of it, you know, just to clear it for your kids. And it's a balance, I think, yes. also. I mean, because having history like that, I have a different but similar. My parents were admitted to this country as refugees. It also helps you keep perspective, too, yes. and not lose gratitude for where you are. And finding the balance, I think, is, yes. is the beauty. And, and I think your book really helped speak to that to me a little Thank bit you. as well. Yes, I think Thank that you. your book helps to give a roadmap on how a person can find their way back to themselves. You know, you have in the back of the book, there's definitely these little exercises that people can do to write down their goals, monitor how you're spending your time. What would you say are three tips um, of ways for us to not lose ourselves if somebody wanted to, you know, a quick snapshot? Uh, that's a good one. Okay. First of all, make sure you your decision-making process is inside of you, not outside. So I created this uh, decision roundabout that is very easy to use. Even a fifth grader used it recently. Great. It made me happy. So that's one thing. Second of all, uh, take create space and time for yourself. Every day. Every day. Just to be with yourself. Just to think. Block out you know. the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and not to be on Instagram. Yeah. Not to, that create, doesn't mean, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Create a date with yourself. Like it, you have, it's important to be comfortable to be with yourself, not to feel like, oh my God, I don't want to. I don't want to be with myself. Next one is really make sure you laugh every day, honestly. That's that. especially now. Yes. It's like every time somebody's sending me something and I laugh, I'm like, thank you That's so amazing. much. Yes. It's like, yeah, me and my friends, we just send each other like funny memes all day long this is on the Instagram. Best. And yeah. it's amazing. And then my husband is always watching comedians, you know, whatever it is that's your medium that you find amusing, yes. it is such a, it brings joy, number one. Yeah. And I think it is so healing. They say laughter is so healing for Always. your body. I Always. mean, we watch America's Funniest on Sundays with the kids. <laughs> That's sort of in a burger household tradition. My, and just yeah. hearing the kids laugh like that yeah. is so... Yeah. It, it just makes me, like, our hearts warm. My, really. my family laughs a lot. We find a lot of... Also, as the children grow and their bodies start to change, we talk a lot about this in my house. And it's a lot of it is funny. We laugh yeah. with the children about it. Hysterical. I mean that with love. I mean, you're like, I yeah. feel it, you know. Like and the I, awkward phases, you got to laugh your way through there's it. There's a lot of awkward questions. There's a lot <laughs> yes. of, you know, is this supposed to be growing here yeah. kind of questions. <laughs> and uh, we laugh with them, which exactly. yeah. Yeah. Is, that brings me the most joy that one, yeah. they'll talk to us about that kind of thing. Yes. And two, we should make love. I mean, these are beautiful things that are yeah. happening and, and they're funny too. And there's no harm in finding humor in that. So yeah. you're saying you watch a video. Ours is, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes both ways. I think we have all of it. But what I think is actually, it just hit me that it's so interesting. I think your book is actually a really great roadmap for all ages. Like really somebody yes. can be, they don't even need to be a teenager. They can be younger. You said yes. you had a fifth grader, yes. right? They have more homework at that. You yes. know, there's a big transitional stage. So they're going to have to learn how to manage their time, set yes. their priorities between sports, after school, whatever they're into. You know, it's kind of 
a family book, really, that, you know, the adults can take away and the parents as well as the kids. So that's the feedback that I got, that it's, it should be in every family library. Yeah. It's, it's, good, uh, it's a good read, yeah. And as you said to me, the feedback that you just got, somebody said it's the primer for any yes. life. Yes, And yes. that's true, any life, that. any age, yes. it gives you a good foundation about how to organize it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say one of the questions was, what comes first? Is it the mindset or the habit? From your book, it seems like you first need actually the mindset, so the mindset. in order to then move forward. So to the mindset, the habit, yeah, right? because we all have habits, okay? But the whole idea is to rewire yourself correctly. Correct. To remove these habits that are not serving you and to create new habits. But yeah. before creating new habits, you have to have a very strong mindset because... We're going to go back to the previous habits if we don't have a very strong mindset. So let's build this strong mindset and then let's take one habit at a time and then change it little by little. I think that's great. I think we end on that. Is that, you know, that, take a moment, get the book fully charged. Fully charged. Thank you so much, Stephanie. This Thank is you, such Stephanie. a pleasure, really. And um, this is the most, this book has been the most concretely helpful that I've ever read because Thank it you. really gives you the tools that you need. It's not just the philosophy. Of course, the philosophy is there, yeah. but also the how-to. And I think that's what all of us really need is, is the direction and a the motivation. Thank you. Map to success. Map. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for coming today. Thank, thank you. you so much. Subscribe to The Well Drop on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share with a friend who can benefit from listening too. Follow us on social media at The Well Drop.